Today on the show, we've got Bryce Meredith. He's a three-time All-American collegiate wrestler, a potential 2021 Olympic wrestler. He's currently transitioning to mixed martial arts professionally. How I even found out about him was about a year ago, I saw a bunch of mixed martial arts journalists talking about this wrestler transitioning. I, I thought, why, is, why are they talking about this guy who's never fought professionally? Well, I think you see why when you hear this conversation with Bryce, very different guy, super energetic, gets how to market and brand, started doing some, some minor things in college to differentiate himself from other athletes. So we obviously discussed that. We talk about this, the new name image likeness rules that are becoming out, how growing your brand in mixed martial arts can change your career and a whole bunch of other things marketing and branding wise. We thank you for your time and appreciate you listening. We're live here, by the way. Yeah, oh, but so, so, yeah, we're live. Not that, it's, not that we have to change anything in the conversation yeah. at all. No, I know. But, but uh, so you just moved out to Phoenix two weeks ago. What, what for specifically? Yeah, so I moved out here to start training MMA full-time. Um, it kind of nice. worked out. My, my girlfriend, has a, she got a teaching job, and everything worked oh. out well for, okay. uh, like, just kind of the move. But um, so, like, my plan was to fight MMA after the Olympic trials and all that kind of stuff anyways. Yeah. Um, but now we had, a, obviously, a year, um, you know, they delayed it for a year. And so I was kind of, like, thinking, like, oh, all right, well, whatever, I'll just wrestle another year. It's not a big deal, but um, kind of as time was going on, the wrestling world one was just like really shut off, right? Because obviously Olympic sports are shut off and college sports are shut off. So those are two things that um, are, you know, following the rules very tightly, let's say, compared to obviously MMA, what's what we're seeing with the UFC and everything. But um, so I kind of saw that happening and I was like, man, I'm, I'm already kind of starting my transition late anyways, which wrestling at the highest level is always good it's never going to be a bad thing but of course like even if you're doing really well in the mma field it's a slow game like if you're right. lucky you get three to four fights they have to go really really well and really you're not almost anything until at least like 12 and 0 so that's like three four years of things going super well no injuries and yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so next thing you know you're going to be 30 before you really like have like a big name let's just say so mm -hmm. I kind of was just like, you know, let's get after it. Um, let's spend this next at least seven or eight months that I know the wrestling world is going to be shut off training. I'll try to get a couple of my first, you know, pro MMA fights in um, if everything, you know, goes as planned. And then once I figure out when trials are, I'll kind of dictate what I want to do. But, you know, as of right now, I'm, I'm just feeling the, you know, the push towards MMA and it's fun it's enjoy it, i enjoy it a lot there's some things i can do very well and there's just some things that you can tell are going to take a long time to learn yeah. and you know you can't right it's like when somebody's 25 and they ask hey can i get good at wrestling it's like yeah if you got a time machine so it's kind of how <laughs> yeah. it fits with this stuff so you gotta you gotta just be diligent with everything yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's breaking news here to us, at least, that, yeah. that you are officially going in and trying to get a fight. Because like, yeah. we, we had talked a couple months ago about, you know, about some different things going on and we've done a, a brand deal type thing. But at the time, this was before April, uh, which was the Olymp would have been the Olympic trials and all this craziness that has, ha that has happened. But yeah, at the time, you were going to go to the Olympic trials, see what happened there, and then decide after. But obviously, the decision's been made. We got to fight. Do you, you don't have a fight coming, but you we're, we're making yeah. moves towards a fight, right? Yeah, and actually, I haven't really made it uh, all that public yet, so this is kind of first. 
Like, hey, I haven't news. Hey, good thing we're live. Let's get it. I know. I haven't. Uh, I haven't really went to like Instagram and everything like that, just because uh, the questions are kind of weird around it, especially like when it's coming from the wrestling side. So that like everybody goes like, oh, so oh, you're done. Like you're retired. And I'm like, I haven't really made that decision yet. And they're like, okay, well then, what are you gonna do? And it's like kind of all these questions where, to be honest, I don't totally know either. So it's it's kind of one of those things I've been kind of. Uh, trying to slow roll it. And then also um, out of like respect for the NJRTC because I love them and I love every part of them. They're kind of already going through some issues with another wrestler and they just let one go. So I kind of was just letting everything slow down. So it doesn't look like the NJRTC is like, you know, having problems because my, my decision was already made way before what happened with Downey. If anybody knows, if anybody's a wrestling fan, they have probably seen a little bit of it. Um, and so he just, you know, recently got let go. So that's kind of why I haven't really made it public yet. But, you know, it's coming soon. And at the end of the day, who, who really cares, right? It's only, yeah. it's only news for one day and then, you, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. News cycles quick yeah. nowadays. Uh, but yeah. so I, I love it. Do you have a time frame where you want to, when you want to have your first fight? Yeah. So, I mean, I would think more kind of like October-ish, you know. Um, okay go like two, three months of like just good, hard training, trying to figure it out. Um, I have mm-hmm. really good managers set in place that are going to put me like in a position, right? So I'll go, I'll go straight pro. I won't do any amateur fights and all that kind of stuff. But with that, like it would still be, it's still very smart to get maybe like a lower level pro guy at first, because you just got to get used to all of it. Kind of like the day before weigh-ins, the stepping into a cage where, you know, the consequences are a lot higher than just a wrestling match. Like yeah. I've done a, I've obviously performed in front of a lot of people in a combat discipline in a way, but it's way different, right? Like this shit actually hurts and you know, there's, there's some real, real consequences to it. So doing all that, I'm just going to kind of trust them, kind of go by what my coaches here think of it and say, and if they're like, Hey, I think you should, you know, let it fly at the beginning of August. Let's just say not really, but you know, if they're like, let's go like whatever, but, like I said, like you kind of see a lot of these um, guys, it goes both ways. You see some of these wrestlers or whatever, they'll transition and they'll get thrown into the wolves right away. And it doesn't seem to be the best thing for them. Even if they go out and win a couple, but then they get thrown to the wolves so quickly. Like you kind of, I mean, obviously if people follow the UFC, if you get, if you get beat like once or twice, you kind of get thrown to the back burner and they really stop caring about you very quickly. So you have to kind of build yourself up in the correct way. And you got to be comfortable with all of it. Because like I said, um, you know, I can wrestle really high level in certain aspects of this stuff. But then there's certain things I've just never felt before where they're like, this, you have to do this completely different than what you're normally taught in wrestling. Because if, you know, and then they'll give you X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, makes sense. I wouldn't have known that. And you don't want your first cage fight to, you know, find out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 obviously, yeah. That's not, not <laughs> yeah, a good place right. to do it. There, there, do you, yeah, there's that point too. I think it was, uh, I think it was Angela Hill was on Rogan where she was like, she was kind of, you know, just kind of went into MMA. A, a current UFC yeah. top ten ish fighter. Yeah, top yeah fifteen she's for sure. Karate, yeah. Adi, uh, August next month. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and she was like, you know, I wasn't ready, but like her basically getting ready is her. Uh, going into the cage type of stuff so like she's preparing um that's her practice because she's she's just never done any of this before so eventually like you're never going to be ready you just you'll have to get into it at some point you know yeah yeah exactly like that's kind of what i'm saying like you know i think a couple months is a pretty healthy 
amount of time because you will see some guys like they'll train for like a year, year and a half before they ever go into it. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, sparring and all this kind of stuff, it can be very real, but it's not the real thing. So you better get comfortable with the actual real thing. And yeah. you know what I mean? Dealing with all of it. So um, kind of, like I said, I, I just kind of will trust these, these, my managers and my coaches that, you know, they're going to build me up the right way just because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know shit, you know, like I've, yeah. I've never, I've never done anything in this business. I don't, you know, so I, all I can do right now is just work hard and then get thrown to the wolves here soon. And hopefully, you know, come out, come out on the yeah. top of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so interestingly, so I, you know, I didn't follow you at all wrestling. I didn't know anything about you in college wrestling. Uh, how I found out about you and how we started talking to begin with is Brad Okamoto who works for ESPN uh, and talking only MMA, he had tweeted out uh, Bryce, Bryce Meredith is transitioning to MMA. And I was like, who gives a shit? Who's this dude? Like, let me, I don't know who this guy is. Let me click on him. And I, and so obviously even just seeing that there's a reason he was talking about you specifically. Right. There's something different about you, uh, whether it was, you know, you're crazy or you did some crazy stuff or you're really damn good in wrestling. I didn't know until I clicked in and, and did some different research and obviously dug your vibe and, and what you've done. You're just a little different than, not a little different, a lot different than, than most wrestlers in just how you conduct yourself. I, and I'm talking just strictly Instagram, Twitter. I've, of course. I've, seen, I've seen your highlights and that's it. I don't even know wrestling technique. I couldn't say one damn thing. Although yeah. I, I was I was a damn good third grade wrestler, yeah, probably like I think you only lost like 50, one or two, right? <laughs> City champ. <laughs> yeah, right. Not even that. I wasn't that good. Seventy two, <laughs> seventy two pound like competitor, yeah. not yeah. even like the top competitor. But so obviously you, I mean you you're different from a branding perspective. But was that something you thought about wrestling, or you just like hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mean if people are into it? Cool. People who hate, that's cool too. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. You know, I think obviously I was a little more calculated than most college athletes and most um, wrestlers, especially with kind of building up this brand or trying to do things just a little bit differently because I've always felt kind of like you said that like wrestling lacks personality so much. It's such a blue collared um, world where it's kind of like, hey, go out there, work really hard, win and walk away, act like you've been there before, kind of all these things, right? And it's like, I, I understand the idea behind that, you know, just the way that it, it is blue collared and that's kind of how it works. But also like, I never understood why we couldn't have a little bit of personality. There's a fine line between being, you know, a provocateur and just being ridiculous and all that kind of stuff. And then there's the other side where you're just somebody that people want to watch a little bit more. And that's where I got kind of fortunate with one, just being myself, but two kind of seeing how the market was need, in need for somebody to kind of be a personality. So as simple as, and this is like kind of the crazy thing with wrestling, right? Is I literally, I dyed my hair blonde, which isn't that crazy. Most athletes do a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff with their hair. I wore a leg sleeve, which obviously wrestling's harder. You can't like put on too much stuff because you're very, um, you know, you have a lot of constraints in the, uh, the gear that you're allowed to wear, but I wore a leg sleeve and then I put, put custom paint on some shoes kind of like what you see with like an Odell Beckham or whatever. And just those three things, obviously that's not all of it, but just those three things made it look like I was like marketing myself at a way higher level than anybody else. And it kind of made me different. It had opened up so many more doors on the, on the back end of it that I just was like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting this at all. 
and I got, it was really, you know, kind of like I said, like it, I kind of fell into it a little bit, but I also, it was right before the NCAA tournament and I knew that we were allowed to, you know, start making money off our name afterwards, right? Like we already do clinics and make a little bit of money and all that kind of stuff. But now I know I can sell gear at clinics. I can charge more and all this kind of stuff. So the whole like money Meredith thing wasn't even really like that big of a thing. Like it wasn't like that so many people were calling me that. I just saw like, hey, I need a, I need a branding idea. So I just made the, the B money thing more of a thing and I made shirts. And all I did is just wore the shirt at the NCAA tournament. And then when the NCAA tournament got done, um, I pretty much like I tried to just direct everybody to it. And I kept acting as if like I couldn't do the shirts yet. So I just kept saying like, hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to get this cleared. I'm trying to do this. And I just try to create a hype behind it, you know, just like a, a pretty basic uh, marketing strategy or whatever. And then I was like, hey, only 100 shirts are here. And, you know, and then I obviously just do a, a pre-sale drop. And I sell these shirts for $39.99, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous for a cotton tee. But it went insane, you know, everything was going nuts. And then it just built off that. And it kind of became like, and not because I'm really not that like on top of it as I should be, but it kind of became like a little like Supreme drop-ish, you know what I mean? Just doing a couple of pre-sales on these shirts and everything. And it just, it blew up. And like, when I tell some of the people the numbers that I did from it, they're just like, they just couldn't even believe it. They're like, what really? Like I normally do, you know, 20 shirts when I do a shirt drop or whatever like that. They got like, and it was just kind of cool. And then I started realizing, and then obviously what, um, you know, talking to you and other people that like, there's just such a way that these, that we can be better about marketing ourselves. And like, obviously I need to do a way better job at it even too. I just got, you get kind of lazy, you know, you got to have a lot of people that help you if you're not like as savvy with, you know, everything. So, but with college athletes, just making a simple brand of yourself and then, selling it afterwards or now that they can sell it on their likeness i think they can do some crazy crazy numbers because college athletes are the freaking like even if you're an olympic wrestler unless if you're not the olympian let's just say you're almost going to get no more new clout let's just say yeah. like sure all the clout you're going to get is what you're riding from college anyways for a couple of years so that's why i think kids just you know and obviously i've been rambling on for like five minutes about this but I think that there's something, and obviously you guys too, too, because that's what you do, but there's something there that I think could be just, you know, insane for all these kids. Even Because if you're a college kid and you make 10 grand, that's a lot of money for a college kid. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, that we could really, you know, change these kids' college career pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And and so how, th how this works, and people who don't know, is this will officially open up. They'll, it'll get past January 31st. College athletes will be able to get paid off their name, image, likeness. They can't get paid to go to a school, can't get paid based on performance are basically the rules. We don't know exactly some of those specifics, but, but today they can start working on that marketing and branding piece. Like today, that could have already happened, could have happened for 20 years. Like you said, there was no end goal to it. You didn't have a t-shirt or you couldn't have this brand deal, but this is something. So we've talked to a couple dozen schools at this point and, and some full universities or some athletic departments, some men's football uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. We haven't talked to any wrestling yet. Let's talk about that later. No, but, you're fine. <laughs> but but no, there, there's 100% opportunity there. That's just for us. We the reason we did those three angles: football, men's and women's basketball, is because they seem to be ahead of the marketing and branding of their own athletes in their own teams already. So that's why it was an easier entry. They already kind of get the the, uh, the aspect of this, the game. Well, yeah, I think the recruiting too. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's a huge angle for us, and those 
our, our yeah. lock cutthroat there, you know, so that's, that was one angle of those, those three sports, at least up front. Yeah. And, and of course, t-shirt is part of this. Of course, there's so much more than just t-shirts. So like, think about, I don't know the exact dollar you made, whatever you made, you made good money. Now think if, if you were able to get paid while you were, you were actually in school still, think mm-hmm. if you just did that once a month or once every two months, like that's something that can be happening moving forward with these college athletes. And it's, it's going to be a total game changer and very few understand how to do that at this point. Yeah, the, the wrestling angle is crazy. I, don't, I mean, every wrestler or team or group of wrestlers I can think of, it's just personality on personality. You know what I mean? And for them to go back to don't show it, just go there, win, act like you've been there, like you yeah. said. I mean, those wrestlers could be the face of, of colleges all around the country just because of personality alone. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think we're slowly seeing, um, obviously, like, there's the standout personalities in MMA and stuff, but most MMA fighters were wrestling type dudes growing up. They were yeah. probably college athletes. I mean, I think it's literally seven or eight of the belts almost at a time out of the 10 are being held by past wrestlers and stuff. Yeah. So there's obviously some psychopath people that are coming <laughs> up in this, you know, in this lifestyle, this wrestling and all that kind of stuff that do have personalities and everything like that. And of course, fighting's a little bit more weird and different and i always like say this because it's like the one sport where like people say like screw each other's families and stuff and -hmm. obviously like i don't overly like that kind of stuff but like it it is a little bit different marketing than like what college athletes can do even nba athletes anybody like that because they are you know they're much more managed by the institution than they are with Mm -hmm. fighting and that's why fighting's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird cutthroat business kind of like you were saying is because i you know what I mean? These guys can just have their personality and be as ridiculous as they want with it. And whoever wants to manage it can manage it. But who you fight, you know, it, it could, yeah. you know, cause there's no set schedule in football, basketball, baseball, whatever. There's a yeah. set schedule all year long. MMA, you could change. Like, look what happened this past weekend. He there in six days. I didn't have a fight. Now I have a fight. Now I'm flying across the world and I'm fighting because, you know, building your brand and talking on social media, essentially, you know, Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, so I guess like, what do you guys, um, when, uh, when you guys are talking to those colleges and everything like that, kind of, uh, you know, I messaged you about this once, but what do you, what do you think the like restrictions are going to be with managing or helping? I mean, obviously you could probably help out anybody for free if you wanted to, but like almost managing these college athletes in a way that, you know, other managers do and you, you know, push forward these brands, teach them a way how to manage obviously what you guys are trying to do. Um, are you going to be able to like, are they going to be able to hire managers in a sense? Yeah. yeah. For that? So, so it's not, we won't know exactly what this looks like. I don't think until January, maybe we'll know in August or October where we have different hearings, but they'll be able to have representation is the word. So the third party representation, that's, and that's where we want to come in and help a lot of those. I mean, we have a limited limit of time and, and the people we can work with, but we want to help do that, educate them, help them work on brand deals, help them pitch concepts, help them start the growth aspect of that. For us, we're, we also, from, from a standpoint of how we're going to do this is work with the teams and the players. So come in, work on, on the, the team as a whole, instead of just Bryce Meredith or Pat Curran or Tim Curran. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that will be awesome. So you'd, pretty much we'll just go in and you know teach these guys you sit with the whole team and kind of teach them different ways to you know set up a youtube set this up do all that yep. and then brand yep. them yep. and then and then kind of you know at, at the end of the day it's up to them to 
how how well they do it, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's obviously going to be a lot of kids that don't give a damn to do it. You know? Of course. So, of course. Um, is that kind of the direction you guys are kind of thinking? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like anything else. If you put in effort, you're going to be better than if you don't put in effort. If you don't want to do anything, yeah. you're not going to get anything. And that's the difference between this and anything else ever having to do with college sports is now we're talking dollars and actual real, real money. So instead of just posting on social for whatever reason, just to stunt with your things, it, now there's like a, or there should be a, a mindset shift to, Hey, there's an end goal. This is not only dollars, but education. And now I can start a business, no matter if you're going to go fight MMA or you're going to be a potential Olympic wrestler, there's a brand to start whatever else you want to do. If you want to be, you want to start camps and clinics after this, you know, you could be doing that now. And, or if you're a volleyball player, same, you know, all these other opportunities outside of playing at a professional type level or, or changing the sport like you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like, you know, I think what you were saying too is because so often like in college and everything like that, we were like asked to do things and like told to do things and all this kind of stuff, but there's no money. They're not, you know what I mean? Obviously yeah. there's this, yeah. the scholarship conversation that I know everybody like gets drowned out in, which I understand like there, that's a conversation that be had too. But like, there were so many times like when there was like, you're just told to do things and you're just like, what? like why? This has nothing to do with what, me going to school and playing the sport for you or whatever like that. So I think this could open up a, a lot of different things and it can have, you can have different conversations with donors and everything as well, because um, there'd be so many times, right? Like a donor would be talking to me and because the way that colleges set it up and this is kind of like, it's kind of like how they are with like the little robbery, I feel like. So they set it up. So they have donors. So that let's just say a donor would donate to $10,000 to Bryce Meredith. And they truly believe that I got that $10,000. So they like, he would come up, he came up to me one time at like this donor um, dinner or whatever, you know? And then he was just like, Hey, like, Hey, so like, you know, you got that $10,000 or whatever like that. And I was just like, no, I don't get money. Like, I don't get your money. And he was just like, well, Hey, like if you ever need any more, just let me know. And I was like, no, dude, I get none of that money. Like, so what colleges do, yeah. which I understand it's like kind of a nice way to do it, but when these guys put the 10,000 in, it just goes into the, the pot, which is fine, yeah. obviously, right? Because wrestling needs the pot. So I'm not out here claiming that this is all bad, but they put it in the pot or whatever. And then they just write that it was, you know what I mean? To Bryce Meredith, it went to this Bryce Meredith on this scholarship, whatever. My money changes zero amount. That $10,000 just goes right. down to the school in whatever they do with it. It's great. But yeah. I would just be like sitting there and I'd just be like, what the heck is going on? This guy legitimately thought he gave me $10,000 and I saw not a penny of it. And yeah. $10,000 at the university of Wyoming is like almost a full ride scholarship. You know, like if you're in state tuition, it's like $2,000. It's like insanely cheap at the university of Wyoming. If you had decent grades, like a three, five or a three, two, I don't even think I had a three, five in high school. You know, I did worse <laughs> in high school than I did in college. And I got me this, too. you know, it's called a Hathaway or whatever. So I was just, like, it's just so surprising to me. And, you know, it's, it's weird. I, and I'm on both sides of the conversation, you know, like I, but I think they're doing an incredible job at opening up the, the likeness because that was like one thing that would just make me so mad that nowhere in the world, if somebody wanted to come and give you $10,000, how could anybody tell you no? Mm-hmm. How could anybody tell you no that, Hey, you want to come teach my kid wrestling for a day? I'll give you $10,000 and you, or a week. And you have to say no, technically, like, yeah, and it's, it's, it's for, for that. So it's, 
only college athletics athletes college athletes is the only place if you were a great pianist you could go play in the and get paid to be a great piano player if you were a great videographer you could go and you go to school you could go get paid for that whatever you do you could do it unless you play a sport and now it yeah. becomes professional and but but thankfully now, now you're not going to get paid to play you're not going to get paid based on performance again but but now you can at least do stuff like this i remember two two or three years ago there's a kicker at, at Florida or one of Florida. the schools in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and like, dude, it was like, Hey, you need to shut down a YouTube channel or, or stop playing. He stopped playing. Good. Good for him that he did it. But that, you know, that's, that's it to me is so crazy. You can't even a YouTube channel and make some money off of it. it yeah. It's and good for him, but like just shame on the NCAA that you yeah. made this kid quit his, maybe one of his other dreams, maybe because it was now in second place to what he was doing on YouTube, but now he can't do both. Because you guys want to own him, and he probably wasn't even on a scholarship. To be honest, he probably was. Yeah. One of them, you know, but he yeah. still was in the sports, so you still can't get that money. And like yeah. that's the other thing that I need uh, that like people need to understand a lot too is because it's super easy because people go, college athletes, you're getting your school paid for. That's not true in most sports, right? There's obviously yeah. football and basketball that are on full or none, but even then, there's still a lot of players that are on zero percent scholarship because they're not on full of that. And then in every other sport that I, you know, wrestling and all those ones, you, it is in so hard to find somebody that's on a hundred percent scholarship. Yeah, so that yeah. argument that everybody's always pushing, like, Oh, you're getting your school paid for, or you're getting this, whatever. I'm like, 10 of my teammates, parents are paying almost full. They're not mm -hmm. getting any scholarship. They're doing this now because they like it. And then they can't take money elsewhere. So it just gets, and obviously, you know, we're just kind of beating the dead horse or whatever that probably a lot of people have had these conversations and arguments or whatever. But I just am glad that we're stepping at least a little bit closer to. Yeah. I mean, the at, right. at least at least you're giving an opportunity to like to use this tool as a, as an athlete as from who goes to this school, use those two different tools and now be able to build something, some sort of business off of off of that from there. But we're we're in the right direction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you guys social media is that equalizer. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. across all platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, that for us, that's what we want to help do. Is it's like it, immediately when this came up, we said there's an opportunity for us to be advocates for athletes, work with some schools, educate, teach them. We see 25, 30, 35 year old athletes who still don't have any idea how to how to make money outside of their sport. We know 18 and 22 year olds don't. How can we help? educate them and teach them and be a part of this process for them. So that was, that was our whole angle on this. Yeah, no. And I, I mean, I appreciate one, you reaching out to me in the first place, right. Cause we would have never came into contact by either any other way, yeah. but yeah. um, you know, I just get motivated a lot through you guys as well. Just when I watch, like, obviously when you, when you tweet something like, Oh yeah, this is the right direction. Or like, this is, it's great that this ex athlete or this girl or this, you know, the person is, doing these types of things for their brand and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, and it starts like getting the wheels turning a little bit more of like, Oh, this is what they mean by, you know what I mean? Cause I mean, honestly, like the new currency is just people knowing your name and, you know, knowing mm -hmm. who you are and all that kind of stuff. Like that's why famous people are out doing outlandish shit all the time. Right. Because they just know like the yeah. currency that they make off everything that they do is based on how many, how often they're being, heard by the masses you know whether yeah. it's tiktok youtube scandal this whatever you know so it's just kind of it's kind of like a crazy time in general how much 
I guess you can kind of say like, there's no such thing as good or bad publicity. Like it's all good at a point, you know, and it's, yeah, to a, we're to kind a of line. seeing that. Yeah. Of course. Line. Yeah. That's yeah. even, like, even in MMA specifically, you know, look at a, a guy like Colby Covington, who a lot of people don't like who, who, uh, yeah, we never met him. I've DM'd with him before, before he even got into this whole new deal. But even, even to do like that, doesn't matter if they like you or hate you. If they feel a certain way about you, that's a good thing to, to yeah. be in the middle. Who, Maybe it was Chael Sonnen talking about so I don't know if it was Usman or somebody. And it was, you know, the worst place you want to be is in the middle where nobody really cares. Nobody really hates you. Nobody really loves you. Being in that middle of like mm. is the worst place to be in MMA. And that's different than, than other sports. You don't want to be yeah. hated necessarily in basketball or football. But not that there's not a market potentially for those people too. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, I mean it's kind of like a joke, but just like look at – the presidents and look at the, you know what I mean? Politicians yeah. and stuff like yeah. they're doing kind of the same thing. You got to jump to one side or the other and you got to like make it be known that, you know, you're, yeah. 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 It's I loved a, when uh, we went to see, uh, we were at a Bellator event a few years ago and Chael was either co-main or main. I can't remember. And I, I knew of him, but I didn't, you know, I didn't skew either way. And he gets on the mic after he fought the dude that he won. He goes, and when it was in at Madison square garden. He's like, you know, I look around at everyone here and I just think to myself, God damn, I hate New York or something like that to that extent. And the crowd is like, F you, man, like that type of thing. But, you know, he's Start. getting he's getting yeah. the hype. And I was like, instantly, I was like, I like this dude. Yeah. And he, and, he wore that character and, for, and he's yeah. still on it too. It's funny. Like yeah. even post fighting, he's still, he's still the bad guy and he still oh. says some funny stuff. He's great. Chael. So Chael. Now, if those who don't know, was a UFC fighter. He got popped for steroids a handful of years ago, left UFC, fought at Bellator, but he owns it. I remember in that same press conference, because we were, we were actually with Mike Chandler. We were doing some video stuff. Yeah. I know a guy yeah. you've worked with, a former Bellator champ, future Bellator champ. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> we were in the press conference, and they were talking to him. And one question was like, uh, Chael, are you, can you confirm that you're 100% clean? You haven't been you know, using or doing any performance enhancing drugs. And he was like, I'm cleanish, and even just that was just like I love this dude already. Yeah, just the smallest little things, right? It's yeah, like, you, you, people out here, you know, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars of putting your content out and making these really cool videos on YouTube or whatever, and that's all great. And then, but if you pair that up with just that one little soundbite or whatever, yeah, you get lucky yeah, with yeah. that one soundbite, and then people start looking into it. Then you have it like that's kind of what it. It seems like people that are pushing on YouTube and stuff, right? Obviously more content's always the best, but it's like, it's yeah. always a mixture of that. Like they got a nice little foundation of like good solid content. And then they always just like sprinkle in like that nonsense on top or those nice little sound bites that come out of left field or whatever. And then that's like when people are really like exploding it, yeah. to me, it seems. What I, what I love about what Chael does on his YouTube channel is he sits there and he, go, he just puts topics up and talks for five to 10 minutes. So it's like, whatever the thing is, we should have open scoring and it's open scoring. He talks about it for five to seven minutes. If John Jones does something dumb, he's going to troll John Jones and talk about it. If it's a preview of Usman Masvidal, he's going to talk about it. He's going to have his angle, have an opinion and just put it up. He's got, uh, I should look it up here, but he's got, he's got something like, like 50 million or 30 million views on his YouTube channel in a year and a half. Wow. And that came from nothing. He was working. I've heard him say this before. I don't know if it's still the case, but he started doing the video with a college student who lived nearby him in Portland and would just video some stuff with him as he drove to his office. 
That's it. That's how we started. And this, you know, I don't know what Chael's made, but he made good money in martial arts for sure. So, yeah. but he's, he's paying this college student to do some video content for him, basic stuff. They're all microphone on him, throw a camera on him as he drives around the city of Portland. And now, now he's transitioned it to sitting in a chair in his, what looks like his basement with a, a just a, like how I have my corner this is my son's room. Of course, this is great stuff, but how he has yeah. it, he's sitting in a corner. It says bad guy ink and then a brick wall and just sits and talks, hits, hits the camera button and bam. And then he'll do six to seven different videos in that one sitting. And I can tell just cause the shirt's the same in each of them. And then he goes, to yeah. the and all he does yeah. is talk. Just talk. And that's like, uh, and you guys probably know this, whatever, like that Andrew Scholes, he's a, he's a comedian right. and you right. know, he's just done an incredible job at having like the long form, the medium form and short term, like the short form of messages and stuff. And like, I just recently been watching him a lot and it's like really motivated and like, Oh man, I need to try to have a little bit of all three of those, you know? And like you said, even if you're just sitting there and just talking shit for five minutes, like yeah. it, at least there's content out there that people want to watch because that's really how it is on the YouTube thing. Like you just go and the next thing you know, two hours goes by and you're just still on Andrew Schultz or whoever it may be. And you're like, why am I still just watching this guy? But you waste yeah. like four hours doing it. And it's, uh, yeah. it's just, it's just crazy stuff of still kind of like you said, I think those ones work really well because they're still kind of ADHD. Like they're still kind of short. Give me five minutes on a yeah, turn yeah. and then go to the next one or whatever. But then we also like have, these longer ones that are just as easy to pay attention to if, you know, if the conversation is held correctly and goes the right direction. And it's, I mean, I mean, pi overall podcasts have changed my life completely, completely changed my life, completely changed my outlook. Um, made me, I feel way more intelligent on so many different subjects that I would have never even learned. Like I truly joke that like watch a Joe Rogan podcast for a month, you learn more than you do in college for four years. And like, those types of things, you know, like it's just, yeah. or business podcasts or, you know, things about real estate investing and all this kind of crazy stuff that you just, I'm just thankful that we live in, in this era. You know, yeah. a lot of people want to talk yeah. shit about it and I understand it too. Like nobody likes that we're so addicted to our phones and so addicted to the media, but also like you're going to be addicted to something, you know, <laughs> no matter what. So <laughs> just try to make it a little bit, yeah. just try to yeah. make the media that you're listening to a little bit healthier. Right. And it's well, probably not that bad. Shirt. Sell yeah, that shirt. Eat. You're going to be addicted to something. Just be addicted to Might as well be addicted to podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. At least you're learning something, hopefully. But but so, like, even from a wrestling perspective, we've, we've done some stuff with Ben Askren. Did one project, a one-off project with Ben Askren. And he was – his whole thing was, you know, he had a big curly fro. And that was his whole deal as funky Ben Askren. And, and he had – not his whole deal, but that was part of his deal. And he had, like, a, a, a funky wrestling style. And he's built a whole business off of this stuff. He also has podcasts. He continues to be great on Twitter and Instagram. And he's, he's like funny and he trolls people and, and he's entertaining in what he does. Yeah. So, so he does a great job of that. You could 100% do a podcast and all you need is this to really do a podcast. It's a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different components to make it better and look, and look better and quality sound. And, but we're on here on a computer doing a Zoom conversation. You know, same, same types of things that any you could do a WNBA player an NBA player could be doing is just having conversations with people that are interesting and talking about interesting topics spam put out content and now you've 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 owned your message you control your narrative in whatever way you want to control it and you're entertaining and building a deeper a deeper relationship with the audience yeah, yeah one I thing agree. I would like to see from you specifically 
that I think would be super compelling content is like just the, the in podcast form too is, is, is fine. Uh, is just that transition of like you talking to people about, okay, now I was like, you know, elite wrestler, here's what happened in the Olympics and just basically documenting the process, but talking and maybe having conversations in your podcast is like, you know, I'm going to uh, talk to an old uh, wrestling coach, or I'm going to talk to, you know, a Michael Chandler who's been in the sport for a long time and just pick their brain. I'm getting into the sport. Like that type of thing would yeah. be super compelling. And no one's done it from that transitional period. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's funny because I feel like everything starts working together and starts pushing you in the direction that you need to. Obviously you guys asked me to come on the podcast at this time. And I just recently asked one of my boys that, you know, does a little bit more video editing and stuff like that. Like, Hey, like if I just started giving you just random videos of me training or whatever, like what kind of videos could you put together? How much would it cost? Because obviously putting a lot of videos together does cost a lot of money, you know? So like, sure, sure. if you know what I mean? Like any, just anything, but because I think that would be great too, especially like just imagine if I do become a world champion in fighting and then I have 10,000 hours of me being the beginner at 25 too. Like you can make a really, really cool film or whatever, you know, cause obviously everybody's got a little bit of film from their past, but like not yeah. as much. Right. But yeah, I kind of been thinking that too. And it's like, it's have something you, that you have right. to do where you have to let your ego go a little bit and post the videos of me not looking as good in the, in the ring yet. You know what I mean? That's kind of like been my thing. It's like, well, I really want to start doing this, but I'm like, I also don't really want to like look stupid too when I'm posting these videos. But I also think it would be like very, like you said, compelling to people like, Hey, just watch the come up. And if it comes up, yeah. great. And if and, it doesn't, then fuck it. I tried, you know? Yeah. And maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think there's two ways to think about that. Maybe not. Cause, cause you know, who's going to watch to fight for them? What, what, yeah, or who, who are you fighting against? Maybe there's times and instances that do that, but even, you know, we, when we talk to athletes, we, we never know how good you're going to be. We never, just like we, we don't know how good you're going to be. I don't know how good of a wrestler you would be. But the stories, when we talked before, it was all about storytelling. And that, that's different things. It could be long-form storytelling. It could be the process of you going from wrestler to MMA and, and what happens from there and the transitions and the ups and the downs and the learning lessons and the mistakes. Like all that stuff is compelling because that's relatable to us as people. We all have, make mistakes. Everybody. We all lose yeah. all the time. We all have these winning, uh, these winning opportunities as well. Even, I don't know, if, have you ever seen Notorious, the Conor McGregor yep. Netflix? Yep. Exactly He's the same thing. the footage from, he, behind, from behind the scenes, yeah, yeah for years. I, I don't know why that dude was filming himself, but when he started filming himself, and he's living at home with mom and his girlfriend at the time, now wife, and there he's getting whatever the equivalent of welfare is in Ireland. He's he said two weeks ago, I just got my a check, and then he gets signed to the UFC, and then he's got this whole behind the yeah. scenes story that he goes from this this dude who's just a fighter and. He's got like crappy equipment and he's living at mom's house and parents' house. And then all of a sudden he's this crazy gazillionaire and he's fighting Floyd Mayweather for a hundred million bucks. And in four yeah. years or five years, whatever that was, you know, and, and to watch, I get goosebumps thinking about it. And I don't of course. You know, think about what you want to think about Conor McGregor today, but what he was five, six years ago on the come up and watching that story is like, it's, I was going to say the American dream, but it's, it's the world dream. This is like, yeah. you know, what we want to do is to come from nothing, which most of us do and then make a success story from it. Yeah. So do you guys think uh, just like overall, maybe, right? Like if I start going through more of these storytelling, I mean, right. Even just moving across the country on a freaking whim, my car blew up the week before I had to rent a U-Haul. I don't have a car. I went and bought a car today. 
I'm at a car yeah. for two weeks. You know what I mean? All this kind of crazy stuff. And like maybe not get so drowned, like drowned in the idea or like uh, like analysis paralysis and idea of like, it's gotta be like a good put together video, but yeah. rather just, you know, start telling the story and start putting it out there and just vlogs. Know, yeah, just vlog, just like simple, think, simple think, vlogs. Think yeah. about if you were vlogging this. So in, in just coming, driving across the country, I'm sure there's fun, funny stuff, you and your, your girl. Then it blow the car blows up. That while it sucks, and I'm sure you were very pissed and like maybe depressed and like, what the hell am I gonna do? You know, I don't know if you have money in the bank. I'm sure your girlfriend's not making ten million dollars a year as a second grade teacher. So there's yeah. there's like Straight that, and then it's like, yeah. <laughs> now we gotta pay rent and like, what the hell are we get? Like, I'm sure there's moments to that. Uh, I'll send you a couple examples which I think of, are, are similar to where you could be. Uh, but and now you know now like. By the way, now that you're here in Phoenix, it doesn't mean there's a success story yet, you know, continuing to show that, but yeah. also the fun, you know, I can look at your Instagram and I see the, the world-class fighters you've worked with, Mike Chandler, Cody Garbrandt, uh, Frankie Edgar, and those are just people I see publicly. Who knows all these people you're working with? Think about those stories and interactions. And so whether they're a part of a vlog or a story, great, or maybe you, they come on this podcast type aspect you have and have conversations like how how yeah. awesome and impressive would that be to talk to frankie edgar who was a wrestler as well like what was your transitioning like michael chandler who was a wrestler at missouri uh, i don't know if Co cody was i think he was a boxing background type guy but you know whatever yeah. you know other people and, and who knows who you're actually working with now but all of well, those it's kind of funny now because uh the, the main guy at my gym is uh benson henderson and oh, oh so you're guy, there my okay. guy mike chandler too so yeah like, they're both fighting you know I mean? yeah yeah so they're both fighting and stuff which for me, like, I don't give a damn, dude. I'm, I'm a pretty friendly dude. Like, yeah. I'll, I would train with the guy that I'm about to wrestle with, you know, the day before <laughs> if we had to. Like, so, like, I just love that it's come down to that. And, I mean, yo, crazy story. Like, and obviously, I think you guys would, are probably loving what he's doing. But, so, Jorge Masvidal, right? Uh -huh. yeah. Did you guys see, like, his, like, little series? He, like, he pretty much came out with a TV show. It's called, uh, like, Full-Time Fighter or something like that. And he has, like, 25 – or. 10 25 minute episodes and all this kind of stuff like a whole series about what his life's been the last couple of years or whatever hmm. and i saw that and i was like super inspired or whatever because i was in florida well i saw it happening live but like i was in florida a couple of weeks ago and i was training with sanford mma with chandler and huh. robbie lawler and all those guys right so not it's a different gym than american top team for people yeah. that are listening but one of my best friends bo nickel who's a high level wrestler who's yeah you know one of the best at that craft he's been down there training with Jorge he actually went to fight island with him and everything like that so one night we all ended up hanging out and he's you know he's recording and doing all this kind of stuff and we went into the Everglades and we literally just caught an alligator like just oh, caught a, a random alligator with these guys or whatever and we just put it back and it was like this whole thing which if you're not allowed to catch alligators I'm sorry if I just made myself <laughs> but I feel good or whatever. A warrant for your arrest. It was out. insane, man. It was me, Jorge, Bo Nickel, all these guys. And I'm just walking in a foot deep of the Everglade waters. And we got a rope and a carabiner from the gas station. And we put it around this alligator's neck. Like we just were roping alligators out there. And, uh, <laughs> And his guy was like obviously recording, but it's more for his show and everything. But I'm like, yo, I gotta get this freaking content because I gotta push this out. If yeah, obviously yeah. If you don't get in trouble. I'm, but it was just, it was just crazy. And um, that's like one part, one thing that I really love about the whole wrestling MMA world is it really is a small, small world. Like 
I've been doing this stuff for like two or three weeks and I've already had my hands on like four or five world champions, Bellator or UFC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've, like you said, Frankie's been around. Cody Nolove's been around. Chandler, Robbie Lawler, Vincent Henderson. Um, shit, I'm probably forget, but like all these people within like a couple of weeks. And obviously I'm in a very fortunate position because I'm just a high level wrestler. So, you know, I'm, it kind yeah. of allows me to be around those guys, but yeah. for my skill of fighting, you know, I shouldn't be with these guys quite yet. And it's, it's just been like super fun. And it'd be, I think it'd be fun to, you know, obviously document even a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're happy to help with that too. If that's, I'm looking at Jorge's stuff. I assume it's one camera person. And, I think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and obviously just edits them up and, you know, does drone yeah. shots and all that yeah. shit. And, but, and this is, you know, he's got money to be able to pay for this and do some more stuff. Of course. Great. But even, even this works vlog style and set up and that can have its, its moments too. And difference, uh, different aspects of depending on what you're doing, of course. Um, yeah. But I, I love shit like that. I love, and I didn't know about the Jorge thing, which means he should be posting about it more on his Twitter or, Inst- or Instagram, or maybe I just don't yeah. see it and I'm caught up in other bullshit, but, but, well, but it's even- weird because like, I feel like sometimes they get right. So you obviously posted a lot during fight week because everybody's watching all that kind of stuff. But then yeah. I feel like when you're on Instagram, this happens to me, I'm scrolling and it's just like one, because I follow a lot of MMA pages or whatever. I just think it's another, Oh, like a little UFC promo video or like, Oh, mm-hmm. some random page is talking about Jorge Masvidal or like, Oh, it's just a two minute uh, video or whatever it is. And then like you kind of, cause you kind of just start like missing it because you've seen so yeah. much of it that yeah. I'm almost like, I wonder how much you can post before, after and during to really, sure. you know, hit that sweet spot of all of it. Because yeah. I swear that happens, you know, like sometimes my, my biggest like supporters or whatever, like I'll post that I'm doing this sell that day or whatever. And then they'll like hit me up like three days later and they're like, yo, when is like, when are you going to sell those shirts? They're like, when are you, I'm just like, <laughs> what? You didn't see it? I'm uh, like, what the heck, man? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my true fans ain't even seen it. Like, I mean, a ton of people ain't seen it then. Of and course. so it's, it's well, just kind of weird, you know? Yeah, even just from a from a inst- like Instagram, let's talk about inst- Instagram specifically. Only seven seven to ten percent of your followers see your posts, unless yeah. it's an a, you know an exceptional post and there's tons of engagement. Then Instagram's algorithm will shoot it out to more people. So even just from that perspective, that makes sense why only or why so many people miss it because ninety percent of your people aren't seeing your stuff. So you need to either post again. Instagram's weird about posting again but post and then put on your instagram story throw up on your twitter if you've got a facebook which you should throw up on facebook and and direct them back to that even you know when i when we help people create videos it's not we'll do the five to ten minute youtube video but then also shoot out two or three promotional videos yeah just to post them like like, hey come back to this on youtube for me that's where i kind of get um i guess like the it like it like unmotivates me the most when it comes to all these things is because the algorithms are so weird and like, and then sometimes like, and I've, I've said this a lot or whatever, but like, I don't want them to become like too corny. You know what I mean? Like, cause you can yeah. start seeing when people are doing, when they're following it by the book, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're begging for uh, comments and they're doing this and they're doing that. And they, you know, that they're in those little group messages where, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that <laughs> go and comment right away and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, for me, that like that's where like I understand the hustle, right? Like, and I don't, I'm not like knocking the hustle, but like that's where I'm just like, man, fuck this. I don't care about doing this. I'm gonna post and walk away or whatever. But then, but then you miss the algorithm a lot if you're just yeah. walking away from the post and not interacting with people or whatever. So it's like, and obviously, right? It's just everything is, but it's, 
It's, you know, well, a double-edged yeah. sword. I think, I think, well, two things to that. One, don't post and walk away. Go comment to people. Uh-huh. And not and not the bullshit stuff, but, you know, of comment course, like, yet. hey, I appreciate the support, Pat, or, or uh, do you have a size triple X? Yeah, Pat, we have triple X's. And what, like little things back or – because those are the people that are gonna. We know you ain't there no triple X, bro. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are you yeah. cutting that up or yeah, something? Damn. This, this is a people, probably. These, play, these people must be listening to the podcast. Not this is ninety. No, he's gonna wear the ninety. <laughs> I used to in in college. I would definitely wear a three X tall tee. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. That's oh, you guys get tall tee days, huh? Yeah, 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 I yeah, long, yeah. I wear some really long shirts nowadays, but they're not as wide as the three nah. X. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what I'm saying is just like, you know, that would be a question somebody would ask. They're not going to ask if you have a medium, which I, it actually is a large, but I'm not going to, they're not going to assume you have that. So that type of thing. But those people you comment back to are the people that are going to start to build a relationship with you. They're going to see more of your stuff and they're going to be more apt to be like, dude, Bryce responded to me. This is pretty damn cool. Here's my thing. Or even, you know, as you continue to grow, I'm sure there's people that just because you're commenting back will be, they'll screenshot your comment and that'll go up on their Instagram or their Instagram store. That's how big of a deal it would be. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that. And then two, Jorge doesn't do shit. That's not authentic to him. It's not corny to him. So there yeah. is, you, there's lots of corniness on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere you will look, there's corniness. We get it. But even, even all right. So, so Henry Cejudo down where you are, he's got his corny and now he's just running with it. He's the king uh, of cringe. Of he calls himself. And that was, I- I, 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 assume I love it, his my first girlfriend ever or whatever. He's oh, it's so now. funny. Oh, it's so good. And, and yeah. I think there's, so def- good. there's definitely people who are like, he's too cringy for me. I can't do it. Yeah. But, and that's where this all started from. He, he'd post stuff and he'd do his. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and people would hate on him. And now he's running with it and trolling those people and getting more followers and, and growing his personal brand in retirement, quote unquote. Yeah, of course. But, 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 but to go back to the non-corniness, like you can do it in your way, have your story in your way, have it, have the, the vibe you want to have it and not be like everybody else. And you should be different than everybody else. Yeah. I, yeah, I think if you were, if you were vlogging your trip there and your car blew up, like that type of thing, that whole sequence, you're in a unique position where like, if someone just off the streets was, was going to do this and they're just getting into MMA and they don't have a wrestling background or pedigree like you do. They won't get as much pub, but you know, Brett, Brett, you know, he tweeted out that article or whatever with your announcement of you're thinking about it basically, you know, like yeah. you get the aerials, you get the Brett, it, you know, Akimoto, th- there's a tight knit MMA media crew as well. So like mm-hmm. something like that would easily get picked up, which could blow up or start your YouTube channel like that, you know, I'm lo- like, you, yeah. so you have 17 K on, on Twitter, 40 ish on on Instagram, right? Like that's, you've yeah. already got a built an audience. How many MMA people have done that? Bo Nichols got a big audience. He's transitioning to MMA. There's, yeah. there's people that, are, that it's happened to, but very few have the luxury of where you are. And again, I don't, I, I don't want to say you're going to be the best or the worst MMA fighter of all time, but that doesn't matter for what we're talking about, which is outside the sports stuff anyway, in the brand building, there's so much opportunity there. I saw, so the WNBA is doing this really cool thing where they're having uh, 12, I think it's the 12 days of NBA. So they're in or WNBA. They're in a, a bubble for the, and they're doing like a tournament is how, how they're scheduled. Okay. here. Yeah. Up. And what they're doing is they're allowing access to 12 different media outlets to come in and tell their stories. So do take over for the day. Complex gets it. Uh, Teen Vogue gets it. ESPNW gets it. And they're able to come in and tell their stories for a day and just be different. So like how different is Teen Vogue than Complex and ESPNW? Totally different messaging. They're probably doing Instagram lives on one and, 
they're doing funny TikTok videos on the other, but they're allowing these media outlets to come in and tell their stories to their ecosystems. So even doing something like that, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm officially going to MMA. Hey, let Brett come in and let, uh, God, I wish, I wish I knew wrestling conversation. Ben Askren no, no, on his yeah, podcast, no, let the, the flow wrestling yeah, team come in and do a piece or kind of a, like have these different outlets. Like, Hey, I, hey, this is what's happening. I'd love to talk to some people who's interested. And then they get their, they get their own content for their pieces or their places, which they need the pieces. And then you can also create content behind all that too. Hey, I'm, this is me with Brett. This is me with flow wrestling. This is me with Ben Askren. This is me with such and such. And now you've got this whole, uh, um, actual brand behind what you're doing on just an announcement and, yeah. and with, i think you know chael wrestling background dc sure, dc has been blown sure. up as far, you know like there's there's a lot of options for you from that standpoint i would also yeah. say like before you do go to those channels or have those interviews or podcasts or whatever they might be is have something in the back end where you know it's a vlog that you want to potentially drive people to or you know you have your merchandise or like have something specific as, as yeah. a follow-up that way you're leveraging that their audience as much as possible. Yeah, it makes sense. And I've been kind of wanting to like rebrand myself a little bit anyways, just cause it's like a new, you know, a new thing. And, and that's like, I was, you know, trying to talk to somebody trying to like, even, you know, re-logo it, redo everything and like, just try to make everything a little bit different. And then, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Cause I mean, I have connections with DC. I got, I know people that know Chell and stuff. I've never talked to them, but you know, and I could probably easily just. I'm sure you could DM Chell. Yeah, maybe 100%. maybe Chael's a little different, but not so when. No, and of what course, we do, yeah, but I literally have you know people that have his numbers and have personal relationships yeah. with them. So I mean, I can, and you, obviously I, you know you get like a little cold callish, but that's yeah. kind of what you got to do at some point. Yeah, you know, and, my my father-in-law was his striking coach. So, oh really? Yeah, that's pretty. So cool. yeah, yeah. So I mean, but like there 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 can be relationships had if need be. But uh, do you have the ability? I mean, everything we've done, or. 98% of what we've done business-wise for us has been through social media. And, and I yeah. mean the outreach part of it. I reached out to you, not that we've done anything and made money from you at all, but talking to you, uh, every podcast is just an Instagram or tweet DM. Every uh, athlete we've worked with that we've brought them to the table is through social media. So it's, it's very easy for us and my 2,500 followers or what, whatever I have at this point for me to DM someone say, Hey, here's this value play. Either you're going to make money or we have this idea for you or whatever it is to be able to go to them. And, and they're like, all right, great. Same thing for you. Hey, I want to, would love to have a conversation with you about X, Y, Z, or would love to help. Like we have this conversation also, and then I'll create some value for you. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll create some, you know, posts about it after. And you, know, you could, post yeah, that type of deal. Like just adding value to them on that end too. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to actually figure out the best way to, uh, explain to them the value yeah and yeah. kind of like you said i mean most people that are doing podcasts or anything like that they always need guests too you know so i guess like yeah they need pride, like it's not going to be i don't think it'd become like an annoying thing to them by any means right no <laughs> no no, especially, no yeah no. especially like someone who like ariel who has like five to ten guests every monday or something like you know that they're they're looking for interesting new content all the time yeah i don't, I don't think Hawaii, MMA. in the MMA world yeah you could be all, all over all of them actually yeah, Ariel. Not everyone is in this MMA ecosystem. I know. Ariel Hawani, like the biggest reporter, probably in MMA. Not probably the biggest reporter in MMA. Yeah. Works works for ESPN. Obviously, you know who he is, Bryce. But anyone who's listening.
Well, let's let's do this. Let's uh, let's end this conversation publicly and, and continue to talk a little bit more about what we might be able to do. I think we've been on yeah for an hour-ish. Yeah, the public uh, don't get to hear no more secrets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, done. done. Out. Appreciate the time. Thank you all for listening.